0: Every week, the Orange Fizz team breaks down the five most pressing questions about Syracuse athletics. Holy cow, what a big time defensive play. No holds barred. I paid the fool. It's the Fizz 5. 5! 5! 5!
1: Well, we've entered the month of December, but the action here in Syracuse is heating up. Up. We've got a million things to talk about. So excited to be back here on Fizz Five. I'm Adam Gatkin alongside Tyler Aiken. And Tyler, it feels like, you know, this time of year usually football winds down. We do have basketball season, but we're really focused on basketball. That's not the case right now though at all.
0: Uh that might not be the case for you. I mean, I'm fully in basketball mode. Sure, we can talk some football today, but Syracuse sports season starts in November. I'm sorry, that's that's just how it is.
1: I feel like you're discounting Fran Brown, the bowl game, but we'll we'll get into all that. We we'll, will. We we'll, will. We'll start with basketball, and that's topic number one.
0: Number one.
1: All right, so we kick things off with Syracuse men's basketball's last game, a dominating win over LSU, over a SEC team in the first ever ACC-SEC challenge. And, I, I mean, Judah Mintz with a career night, career high in points, over 30 points for him. And I think that's that's got to be the main focus of this game. It's just Judah Mintz was spectacular.
0: Judah Mintz showed that there are games where he can take over and will Syracuse to a win. Without Judah Mintz's points, it's a loss for Syracuse. You take 33 away, and all of a sudden, that's a 10-point loss for the Orange. But he created a dominant win for SU. But he can't do that every night. There won't, There will be games where... He isn't enough, so it's nice to see that he can do this, but Syracuse shouldn't expect 33 points every single game.
1: No, the Orange shouldn't, but I do think the one thing that is a big positive outside of Judimance in this game is that it was another strong performance from Chris Bell. He is now kind of stepping into that role as the true second contributor, the number two on offense on this team. No,
0: you no. You don't think yet? He has Multiple
1: 20 night performances? Or 20-point how many, performances? How many is
0: Multiple. Two? yeah that's what i thought <laughs> two in what seven games i think i think syracuse fans need to accept that there is no second option on this team there are several there is going to be it's going to be juda number one every single game and then it's a rotate rotating cast of characters after every game i hear people say like oh chris bell put up 20 points he's the second option or JJ Starling puts up like 18, he's the second option. Oh, Justin Taylor had a good shooting night, he's the second option. No, it's Judah Mintz and then a cast of characters rotating through that secondary position. But just because Chris Bell has had a few good games, which is great for him, that doesn't necessarily mean he's head and shoulders above these other options. It means that he can rotate in there maybe more often than he did last year. That's what it means.
1: So, so let's rate, I guess, who, who those options are behind Judah Mintz. Is, if you have to pick a second, are you going Chris
0: Bell? I am. He can't create for himself, though.
1: He can't. That's true. But outside of Judah, no one can on this team. Uh,
0: JJ can. But he just creates for himself inside. He yeah, gets, the only creating
1: shoot. for himself that that JJ Starling does is on a fast break, and sometimes he'll have a good drive.
0: Would you not? Sometimes he's a better driver, a better driver than that. Look, would you rather have, like, let's let's think of a situation where Midz isn't having a good game. Let's think about that situation. Would you rather have the offense try to force the ball to Chris Bell in the corner over and over again, or would you rather J.J. Starling, manning the point, driving and kicking. I might have like re- Kyle Cuff. <laughs> oh, that is. I, I, I mean, that is disrespectful. I, I,
1: but but what has J.J. Starling done this year to prove to make you think any otherwise? Because look, his shooting is bad.
0: His shooting is bad. His, yeah. shoot, his
1: shooting is horrible. But but, but that's what? not what.
0: can... But Half what, what, the night's Chris Bell's shooting is bad. But at w- least at least just at least J.J. Uh, Starling can drive. He can pass the ball. He can play better defense for the most part, although I'll give Chris Bell credit. He's had some nice chase-down blocks this year.
1: What concerns me about J.J., though, is it feels like whenever this team is in a half-court offense, he kind of just loses it. He has no sense of urgency. The shot clock goes down to 10, and then they just force up a bad...
0: Here's the thing, Adam. I expected Syracuse to change things up offensively with the coaching change. I thought there might be some more half-court sets. There might be some more structure there. Because last year, last few years of Coach Beheim's career, it was kind of just four out, one in, pass the ball around, occasionally pass it into Jesse. I thought maybe there'd be some set plays. Look, running and gunning is great on the fast break, and this team is built for that. A lot of speed, a lot of great defenders that can poke the ball away and create fast breaks. But when SU gets into a half court offense, it's stagnant. There needs to be a few set plays, or maybe just, it doesn't really seem like there's a collective offensive scheme. Maybe I'm missing it, and that's on me, but I can't, I don't think we can put the stagnant factor of this offense completely on Starling.
1: And not completely, but I feel like a large factor of it is because when it's Judah who has the ball, it at least feels like there's a sense of urgency. He has a purpose behind all of his actions. With J.J., I I just don't see that. And then when you add on to that, the fact that he can't shoot, it just feels like at at times, like like in that game against LSU, he's just doing nothing, and I'd rather have someone else on the floor.
0: Well, you're ignoring half of the game, which is defense, and he provides a lot of length up top. He plays some really good top guard position in the 2-3 zone. He can match up man to man. You see, you you talk about when JJ's on the court he can't do anything because he's not shooting. The thing is, Chris Bell will have games where it feels like he's not doing anything. In the Gonzaga game he was 2-for-18 1-of-10 from three-point land In the game against New Hampshire 1-of-5 from behind the arc So there are games out there where when he's not shooting well, what does Chris Bell provide? It's the same thing
1: it is, but, but my my thought then is what were the expectations coming in? Because JJ it was look, this is a top ten, some people said top five transfer in the country. He was expected to come in and be a massive part of the but offense, nobody be expected the number him to two. Come,
0: nobody expected him to come in and shoot well. Nobody should have. He didn't shoot well last year. no, but in high pass...
1: school he did. He was a good shooter in high school. Well,
0: you could I mean, we could break down his form. I know he's had some upper body injuries, so maybe things have broken down there. I don't think we're in a position. To the message
1: completely... board people are all in on that.
0: I, I don't think we're in a position <laughs> to really break that down. but if you look at his stats from Notre Dame, he could drive well. He had some good passing games, but wasn't really trusted to distribute too much. And he played good defense, and that's what he was. And I think Syracuse fans have over and over again fallen victim to expecting too much from transfers. It's the same thing with Naheem McLeod, who played like 12 minutes a game last year, and somehow he's expected to blossom in a Jesse Edwards role and have a few blocks per game and score inside. He has never done that in his life. And people expected him to step in and be a great center in the ACC. I'm sorry. It's not the transfer's fault that they're not immediately great. Sometimes it's the fans' fault for expecting too much. You can't expect them to be something they're not. They will grow throughout the season, maybe into that, maybe not, and then the criticism can come. But this early in the season, expecting a player to be what they've never been in their lives is crazy. I
1: agree with you on the McLeod take. But I disagree with you when talking about Starling because Starling out of high school was a top tier recruit. He was a four star. Played
0: well, like he, he hasn't hadn't...
1: played to the caliber of of
0: where he should be though. Well, but like what? So what do you want him to do better? Shoot, shoot. But and, he was—he hasn't been a great shooter in years. Okay. And I also want
1: him to be more consistent in the half court offense and not, but I don't know. That's not fully his fault. I think, I think a lot of, I think some of that's on Autry. I think, I think it's on coaching and the fact, you know, preseason, this team focused on defense. And so the offense has fallen behind and, you know, we've seen the offense start to come to life a little bit. Now that the defense maybe got figured out in Maui, the defense was a lot better. So now maybe they're focusing on offense and the offense will get better. But, There's a lot of concerns for me with JJ, but we'll we'll get more to the, to the men's basketball team. Let's move on to now the biggest news that we've had probably all semester. And that is a new head coach for the Syracuse football team. And that is topic number two,
0: number two.
1: Well, after a 10 day nationwide coaching search, John Wildhack found his guy and it's Fran Brown, the, 40-year-old defensive backs coach at Georgia, an unconventional hire, one that I don't think a lot of Syracuse fans were expecting, but one that I think gives Syracuse fans a lot of things to be excited about.
0: Look, there haven't been a lot of gutsy decisions made in the past 10 years of Syracuse athletics. This is a gutsy hire, and right, wrong, or indifferent, it was probably the right move. If, if Syracuse just hired Chesney out of Holy Cross, who, you know, was a, a good coach at a lesser school, similar type of hire to Dino Babers, I don't know if there could be much more expected or much different expected. Syracuse is at least taking a risk. So I have to give John Wildtack props for that. Now, he did specifically say in the press conference fire after firing Dino Babers that he wants someone with coordinator experience. And Fran Brown has a one year of co-defensive coordinating experience. So not really that, but great recruiter in the Northeast, uh, you know, was the best recruiter of the past season at Georgia. So he has a lot of strength in that sense, but it's going to be a challenge. I think Syracuse fans shouldn't expect real results until year three. And that's okay. That's okay. To build a truly great program it's going to take a little bit. it is
1: but I, I, in the transfer portal tra- transfer portal era I think it's a little bit different
0: it is except here's the thing. Fran Brown is a great recruiter out of college. He has never had to use the transfer portal. Georgia last year brought in four transfers and lost 16. so he does not have a lot of experience with using the transfer portal to help win games.
1: No, but I do think that it's similar enough. It's it, it's the same it thing be, of, of getting but, guys to buy in on you.
0: But similar to our last conversation, I don't want Syracuse fans to expect no. something out of Fran Brown that he hasn't proven is one of his marketable skills yet. I think a few years down the line, his freshman classes that he bring in will eventually turn into something really special. But... Next year will be a big transition. Another aspect of this is in-game coaching decisions. He is a secondaries coach. He's not managing the clock. He is not making in-game substitutions a lot. He's not play calling. He's not, you know, working on those schemes. And I've seen a few tweets where it's like, oh, it's fine. Just bring in a great OC and DC and that's the problem solved. Do you know how hard it is to get a great offensive coordinator and a great defensive coordinator? It's very hard.
1: Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, I think that this is such a complicated topic. It, it gets so confusing in a lot of senses because, you, you know, oh, this is a great hire, but we also have to look at the money part. The, the financials is, is, like, I think the biggest asset in this because. Well, we're
0: not well, going to learn how much he makes. We're he's not going to know how much year. he
1: makes, but I feel like we can almost make an assumption that he's probably not making that much because he didn't make a million. He was shy of a million at Georgia. And this is his first head coaching job. So how much money is John Wildhack going to Probably allow him to spend the- with the coordinators and with his, with his coaching staff? Because that's I mean, if, if you remember what Matt Rule said at Nebraska when when he was asked about Tony White, he said and his big Which thing not was
0: about Syracuse that we know officially of. that was yeah. not
1: officially about Syracuse. But his big thing was, is the athletic administration that you're joining going to invest in the program? And that's the question with Fran Brown. Is he going to have the money to be able to go after these experienced coordinators to help him out? Because Fran Brown does not have that experience. And yes, that's a concern. But I agree with you that it, it, was, the, it was the right hire. Well, you, because we're, we're at a turning point right now in the Syracuse football program. It can go downhill. And I don't know if there's ever coming back if you go down and down and down. Because then
0: you are be left behind in conference. You don't
1: going. want to be left behind, and then you're at the point where you've been a out-of-touch, not out-of-touch, but you've been a program that has not been in national relevance for 20 years. 20 years. It's
0: been 20 years already.
1: Here's, so you need to now go back up, and there's no turning back, and they had to make the rest.
0: So here's the thing with coordinators. Based on how Wildtack talked in his most recent press conference, uh, I'm not convinced that he's not willing to spend money. Uh, he said they – the the buyout for Babers con- contract was completely fundraised within like 48 hours, all from donors who didn't want their name attached. So then you have the complete budget available going forward. And Fran Brown's probably not making as much, which means that there's more available for the coordinators. Here's the thing though. I know typically new coach comes in, they bring their own coordinators. Rocky long is such a perfect fit for Fran Brown because he was a head coach For decades over at San Diego State, he has that in-game management experience. He is the perfect yin to to Fran Brown's yang. They would fit together so well, and I know he probably doesn't want to keep him around, but you talk about a guy that's already under contract, plus has had coaching experience to kind of help Brown out. That would be perfect.
1: I, I agree, and and I think that that's a key here for Fran Brown. I think that keeping a couple guys is going to be important. I think I Get think you Campanelli. have to keep Campanelli because you need to keep Dan Valori. There's a couple guys that you ha- you need to keep Valori. You need to keep LaQuinn Allen. You got to try and find a way to bring Marlo Wax back. Bring Justin Barron well, back.
0: Wax-, Wax is probably going to the NFL. He after after the
1: Wake game, he he made it clear that he has not made up his decision yet.
0: I think he'll go. We'll see that, but.
1: I mean, I mean, what, he's a 6th, 7th, 5th to 7th-round pick probably right now? Undrafted free agent at, at yeah, best? Yeah, I mean,
0: he's better than Michael Jones, so I think you would prob- probably make a roster if you went next Well, Jones
1: year. Is, isn't on a roster right now. Exactly, so, so... but
0: I think Wax would. So, but, I think he's a step up.
1: But I, I, I think the point of that is it's important to keep a couple guys around because the worst thing that happens is that everyone leaves and Fran Bryan has to get a completely new roster in, and then you have no continuity and, and things can get... Really dicey. No,
0: it'll be rough. I mean, here's the thing: the reason I put a three-year timeline on expecting success. Next year will be the first year, as you can say, it's not going to be be a rebuild all they want. It's going to be a rebuild. Then year two, you have probably the hardest road schedule I've seen Syracuse have ever. With road trip to SMU, I'm excited. For road trip season. to Miami, road trip to Clemson, game at Georgia Tech, but then also... You're forgetting about the big one. <laughs> a game against Tennessee in Atlanta, and then... At Notre Dame, too, right? I was the last one. I'm okay, saying yeah. the best for last. Sorry. That's going to be a tough schedule. So maybe the third year is where Syracuse fans can expect success, but there needs to be some patience. There needs to be investment in the program, but... I... Uh, big, big risks can give big rewards. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and at this time and place
1: in college athletics, Wild Hack needed to take the risk, and we'll see if it pays off. Well, the most recent, not the most recent, but one of the more recent major coaching hires that John Maldek has had to make was with the women's basketball team, and that is our topic number three.
0: Number three.
1: Well, probably the best team on campus right now, Syracuse women's basketball with a... Big, big win in the ACC-SEC Challenge over a Alabama team that was receiving votes. The Orange are looking really strong right now, re- receiving votes themselves. And, I mean, this SU team could be ranked in a week.
0: Uh, very much could be. Was receiving some votes in the coaches poll this past week, more than Alabama, who SU just beat. But this is a team where there are so many options top to bottom in this roster last year it was Deasia fair tisha hyman didn't do much george woolley had to come in midway through the season offensively and really help out but Alyssa latham oh my goodness probably the best freshman syracuse has had in a long time a double double machine can get offensive rebounds like nobody's business put back shots and ones it had a huge three-point play late in the game against alabama i mean There is some real excitement around this program right now. And Georgia Woolley has been an inconsistent shooter thus far. There has been some struggles at the center position with Isabel Varejao. And so with Latham and Deja Fair leading the way and maybe some more skill to really shine with some other players on this team, the ceiling is the roof, as Michael Jordan said.
1: I honestly think that the performance against Alabama is as close to as low as it gets for this team. because as low? Because Georgia Woolley uh, has been horrible so far shooting the basketball. She is three for 25 from three-point range. Yes. no, I, And she is a shooter, and know,
0: she can't shoot. But, but, it, but even then— It was one of her worst performances. I wouldn't say that's as low as it can get. Well, because here's the thing also. But,
1: Sophie Burrows, one point. She has been really, really good so far. And Isabel Verjão is getting better and better she as is time better. goes on.
0: You, but th- I just want to be very clear. This is not as low as it can get, and I guarantee you there will be a worse game this year for Syracuse.
1: Look how I, many times they turn the ball over against Alabama. I
0: understand, but as I, I just talked about how much I think Alyssa Latham is a great player. She's not having this type of performance every game with five blocks, 23 points, 10-plus boards. Like, that's not her floor. No, but you expect
1: Georgia Woolley to score more than 10 points every single game. So yes, the points come there. And you Adam, also expect more from Sophie Burroughs. And... I'm
0: so optimistic about this team. But saying a 79-point performance against a solid defense is as low as it's going to get. Don't get lost in the moment. Look at me. Look at me. Look <laughs> into my eyes. We're in reality right now. Please, come back to reality. This is a great team. It's going to be a great season. Probably going to be ranked at some point. There are going to be lower lows than a six-point win over Bama.
1: Well, they're going to lose games, but they're also in—you could argue—the the best conference in the country. One of them, yeah. S- so, but, but I, I think this is a big win, and I, I really think—I I was at the game in the press conference. The culture around this team is special, yeah. and that—that's what FLJ does. And talking about how it's a family. Yeah. A- and and Alyssa Latham is a hundred percent bought in on that.
0: Yeah. No, you're right. And. The, the expectations for her are higher than the typical freshman, which I think is good for the team to set high expectations. Um, but th- this was a turning point game, you're right, because last year this is the type of game that I think SC would lose Lose late. There was a point where Syracuse was up 10, and then like 40 seconds later, SC was up 2. It was like 69-67 with 2 minutes left. Just blew a 10-point lead down to a 2-point lead. And then hit a bunch of key free throws, had a an nice and one bucket from Latham, and the orange came out on top. So this game shows that this team is markedly better than last year's team. That's the takeaway.
1: And also they did this with Deasia Fair out for a significant period of time. She got hurt at one point. Georgia Woolley was out for a little bit after she got hurt. I mean this team had to really battle. And they they, they came out on top. A big win. I will say one one more thing on this topic. We got to see more support around this team. It, it was there was no one in the dome for this game. ACC SEC challenge,
0: big game, solid opponent. You're right. You're absolutely right.
1: And this team deserves bigger crowds than than they're getting.
0: Uh, absolutely, and it's ne- this team has never really gotten big crowds. But it's just it's disappointing to walk in the dome, see a great team with a lot of energy play. Eighteen in thousand
1: nine hundred, n- 18, 1800. 1,800. 1,800 people. Yep. eighteen ninety. Eight, oh, I can't speak. 18-19.
0: Just say, just say under 2,000. Under 2,000. There we go. There are
1: more people at men's soccer games sometimes than there are yeah, that, at the, the ACC SEC Challenge. And
0: the Dome swallows up that energy at times. To have such high-energy players, the fans that are there, really do care. But it's hard to have it make an impact when you're in a Dome and the, the noise echoes all around. Fan, fans really need to show up for this team. You're right. They deserve it. It,
1: right. it. It's a team that has fun, that's building the right culture, doing it right. Go out and support the Syracuse women's basketball team. Well, let's move on to our next topic. Go back away from hoops for a little bit and back to the Syracuse football team and the remainder of this season.
0: Number four.
1: Well, yes, we do have a new coach for next year, but there's still one more game to go in 2023. Syracuse football bowling for the second straight year. Where exactly they'll be playing, who they'll be playing, still an unknown. There's a ton of different options. Could be playing in a baseball stadium again, down in Texas and Maryland, Florida. A lot Texas, of different options.
0: Texas. What was the Texas option?
1: Armed Force Armed Forces is that, Bowl.
0: That's the one. Okay, it's in so Fort Worth, I think. I always mix up the Armed Forces Bowl and the military. Military Bowl is at
1: Navy. Armed Forces Bowl is Fort Worth.
0: Military Bowl. That's one we've both tabbed as a potential option for Syracuse. That would be right down in that DMV area. Syracuse has a lot of military ties, you know, brands itself as the best place for vets. So I think that would make a lot of sense. I think a lot of Syracuse fans might enjoy the Gasparilla bowl down in the Tampa area, a road trip there. The one thing I will say, pinstripe bowl, probably not going to happen because that's, he wasn't good enough this year. I do not get the appeal of the Fenway bowl. You already <laughs> played at Yankee stadium this year. You played in Yankee stadium last year, for the uh, for the Pinstripe Bowl, at the end of the day, a baseball stadium in the Northeast is a baseball stadium in the Northeast. Unless there's some huge Red Sox fans on the Syracuse team, I don't get the appeal of wanting to go to another snowy game played in a baseball stadium. It's a driving distance for fans, I guess. That's it, but like the Fenway Bowl does not really seem that appealing. Uh, right? Like, I is mean, that
1: do any bowl games? at this level, like, really seem appealing. No,
0: but, like, the Fenway... But, like, playing in a baseball stadium... That not, it's special. It's different. No, but they just had that different experience. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, Usually the... Gives sea, them an advantage? No. Usually the views aren't that great for fans. Fenway's
1: cooler than the, the new Yankee Stadium, though.
0: Well, yeah, but still, like, is it that much different and that much cooler to rather go... Yeah, like, I, 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 as someone who's been so to you both... Rank, uh, where would you rank the Fenway Bowl... Compared to the Military Bowl, the Armed Forces Bowl, the Gasparilla Bowl.
1: They're all, like, so uninteresting to me if if, if Syracuse wow. wasn't in it. Like, bowl season yeah, nowadays for, is more, for
0: Syracuse to be in it.
1: They're all, like, at the same level where no, it's just like. No,
0: Fenway Bowl is a step below. You're how wrong. is it a I'm step sorry.
1: below the Military Bowl?
0: Because it's, they're both in driving distance. But one of them is in a darn baseball stadium. And okay, I'm sure uh, the players you, get sick of that. And for the fans, it's a lot of a lot of fans in baseball stadiums for football games don't have great views, and so it's just kind of like the eh, Green Monster. <laughs> it's probably gonna be warmer down in Maryland too not compared real, to Boston. Not yes, not, yes. As yes. someone as
1: someone who has been well, in both as, a lot, bl- 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 no. Grew up in Maryland, has family who lives in Boston. I, I know both. Okay, cool. I'm glad you've been know. to Fenway like three times. Grew up going to Navy football games a lot.
0: So which one would you rather, Syracuse being
1: the military bowl, so then I Thank can just you. be home for a break you. and drive Thank forty you. minutes and not Thank have to go up to Boston. Thank
0: you. The military bowl would absolutely be better. because I live forty minutes away. That's uh, about well. Syracuse is hashtag best place for vets has the NVRC building, which is very pretty. Uh, yeah, uh, it'd be cool, but. I, at, at, I, I don't think I, I what, think. A, what about Fenway or Gasparilla?
1: Gasparilla is a more fun name, so like, that's like my the only. The name
0: reasoning. Adam.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, because there's no other difference. Like, like th- the thought of where they play in a bowl game impacting recruiting in that area, I think is is dumb. If if they play and in the military bowl, Syracuse is not going to then get more players from the DMV.
0: That's correct.
1: That has nothing to do with yeah. it. No, you're right. It's it's. What bowl game they're in to me means absolutely nothing. I'll, it's the well, fact that they get an extra month of practice. Yeah. It's the fact that they do, do get to play in a bowl game that's important. Well, we'll what see. What one who it plays is, it. I don't care. We'll
0: see who plays in this bowl game. So SMU could might...
1: be fun. Who they play. Oh, you're oh, saying who I'm plays. Saying I'm saying which play. players
0: might back out. But... I think
1: most of them are going to play. Well, I don't we'll think see. there's anyone who backs out. We'll see, out.
0: but you say you're not that interested. That's okay. We can change topics because <laughs> Syracuse basketball will definitely be going to the DMV area this weekend, no? No, they will not be. that, that. that topic number five let's go to it number five
1: charlottesville virginia is not a part of the dmv let's let's just start off with that
0: i i was just in charlottesville last week very nice airport very nice airport
1: why were you in charlottesville
0: that's neither you nor there <laughs> the airport very cute very tiny very small but a nice airport not the dmv okay the
1: baltimore is not the dmv either
0: okay that's
1: fine The DMV is the DC metropolitan area. Uh what is what does DMV stand for? It's DC Maryland and Virginia but it's only oh, like oh, north oh. you cannot Norfolk Virginia is not a part of the DMV. Yes it is.
0: No it's not. Yeah.
1: So is Virginia Beach? No Virginia Beach is Norfolk basically. Okay well And it's not in the DMV. Yeah, the DMV is. is
0: everywhere that the DC Metro goes. You know what? You're Delaware the it's the DMV it's actually 2D's Delaware also in the DMV. <laughs> so Delaware is Philly. No, it's the DMV. Sorry. Oh, no, it's not. Anyways, it's not Syracuse men's uh, basketball with a chance to own a Virginia yes. with with a chance for a first quad one win in forever, by the way. <laughs>
1: yeah, it, I think that this is a awful matchup for Syracuse.
0: Whoa. Whoa.
1: I, I don't think there could be a worse matchup for Syracuse than than Virginia. Syracuse uh, Vir- Syracuse plays fast. Uh-huh. And they excel when they can push the pace. Yes. So and you're playing the slowest team in the country. That is just, one of the slowest teams in the country. That is just
0: such a gross misunderstanding of what a mismatch means. How? Yeah. Virginia's going to slow the pace. You could easily just p- say, you could, if you were, if so what, if this was Cavaliers fizz, you would just talk about, oh, well, Syracuse is going to move too fast. And no, because Virginia is a better up.
1: basketball team.
0: Are you, that I, much Virginia, better? I think Virginia is that
1: much of a better team that no. can control the pace. I mean, here's
0: the thing syracuse doesn't really succeed in the half court offense regardless of the other team's defense so virginia plays such a slow style syracuse can score all its points ahead of them just pass the ball up work on the fast break and score before virginia even sets up boom counterpoint but right v- there.
1: virginia is one of the best three-point defenses in the country and on offense how does syracuse stop them
0: how does syracuse stop virginia yeah how does
1: Syracuse stop Virginia's Virginia?
0: offense? Is not great. They put, a, they put
1: they put up points against a And
0: have to I have to pull up the game. Box.
1: I don't know the exact amount of points, but they they scored. They scored sixty against A&M, which was a and 59! 59
0: 50, points. Okay, and you're saying that's one of their how, better offensive performances? No, they
1: they they, they played. Uh, they scored. Let's see, there was eighty against North Carolina a and t. Eighty against uh, North
0: Carolina a and t. I could score eighty points but, myself against North Carolina. But how A&T. how does
1: how does Syracuse keep Virginia below? Are we saying below fifty five points? Is that what's? Well, how many points does Syracuse have to score to win this game? you is it because 60
0: okay virginia including its cupcake schedule to start the year by the way averages under 65 points per game which is better just barely than notre dame and nobody else in the acc but how does syracuse you, you say okay they just push the pace
1: how do they do that Virginia, this this style of play for Virginia works for a reason.
0: I think what it'll come down to is rebounds. Syracuse needs to grab defensive rebounds and push the ball up the court quickly, and maybe that doesn't happen. But for you to say that this is like some sort of awful matchup, sixth is, best
1: defense in the country by Kempom. Well,
0: but you're, you keep switching back defense off. What's going to be the problem for Syracuse? Virginia's offense or Virginia's defense? Virginia's def. Virginia. Well, so they, you admit it's, you're it's, wrong that Virginia scores points well.
1: Well, it's they they, they play such a slow tempo yeah, that correct. Syracuse is not going to have that many possessions. Okay. And Syracuse, when it has the ball, has not
0: been the most efficient. In the possessions that they've had. But here's the thing. So I said it's going to come down to rebounds. Do you know who has the worst rebounding margin in the conference? You know who I think has... Do you know who has the worst rebounding? It's Virginia. But... Do do you know who has the second least amount of offensive rebounds per game in the conference?
1: Who's also... Virginia! Who's the fourth worst rebounding team in the conference?
0: Syracuse is still better. And it, it doesn't – all these other teams don't matter. It's Syracuse and Virginia. Syracuse is a better rebounding team, which is embarrassing for Virginia, by the way. And that means Syracuse can grab defensive rebounds, push the pace, and score on the fast break. Syracuse might score 30 fast break points tomorrow.
1: So does Syracuse win
0: this game? I think so. You think Syracuse beats Virginia? I think – I'm looking at, like, a 63-56 game. If Syracuse beats
1: Virginia – I think I'm a believer in the fact that this team makes the tournament. Well, there you go. I I think, well, I I said this earlier in the week on a different program. I, I said if Syracuse beats Virginia, then this team proves that it can win in multiple ways, which I think moves them to the next level. If they lose, then this team is still exactly what I thought it would be, and that is just missing out on the tournament. And an NIT team, if Autry wants to accept that bit.
0: Well, Autry would absolutely accept that bit. Let's be very clear.
1: But if they if they win this game, then you can beat teams by playing fast, and you can beat a team by playing slow and by no, playing to the—
0: No, no. Syracuse is not going to win this game by playing slow. Well, no, but it's they're going to so- beat
1: a team who plays— They're going to yeah. beat a team who plays it. LSU played the exact same style no, as so- Syracuse, and, and Syracuse yeah, beat them.
0: Yes. The key is— like. It's a it's a very important distinction. Syracuse will not win this game by playing slow. The thing to watch for is can Syracuse impose its will, impose its own style of play, play its own way despite battle. the opponent. Yes, that's that's the key. Now, I also like if this is the game that makes you a believer. Cool. Also, this is not a must-win game. It is no, or it is December. I almost said November. It's December. It's still early in the season. Conference play will be. The majority of what impacts this team going forward, but this is not a must-win game. It's Syracuse not. is not destined for the NIT if they mess right here. Everything's gonna be okay. I'm not. Well, I'm not uh, saying uh, it's.
1: I'm not saying it's must-win. I'm saying if they lose, then my expectations just don't change. Okay. And that this is an NIT team because I thought that beforehand. Okay. But I do think if they do lose, Georgetown's then a must-win.
0: I just I hate saying must-win so early in the season. But
1: here's the thing. The committee doesn't care what day, what month you win or lose games.
0: Oh, you think the, the committee comi- doesn't have recency bias? Not in the committee
1: cares about what happens in November. The committee cared a lot that Syracuse lost to Colgate. That Syracuse That's lost not to Brian kept
0: Syracuse. It's
1: not what year. kept Syracuse out, but if the Orange won a
0: couple more games down the stretch. No, I'm saying I'm not saying it's not important, but it. This game, nor Georgetown are must-win. So if they lose this game and they lose Georgetown,
1: they probably lose to Oregon, too, then. Then it's like, then I worry. That's kind of my thing. I'm like, if you you win this game, then that's never worry. But I I feel like, I I think Georgetown's, they're not good, but Georgetown is still Georgetown. You've lost four of the last five in D.C. I I just, I I think that this game is really important.
0: For the last five, this is a very different Georgetown team, buddy. Like, this is.
1: And the fact that Ed Cooley's a much better coach than Patrick Ewing is. Well, yeah,
0: but still, I mean, this Georgetown... T-
1: we'll talk more about Georgetown next week on Fizz 5. Probably not going to be us, but I, as a crew, we will.
0: You'll hear from, what, Francesco and Ethan, probably? would be my guess. People. People.
1: Or maybe Liam Griffin. Do, there's there's say, not that do many. Do we have
0: some new additions coming?
1: I don't... Probably not. Okay. We'll see. But, <laughs> but... I, I, I think that, that that game worries me, but th- this UVA game. So, so Syracuse wins. What would you say you think? 63-56. Give me your score. Uh, Virginia, 64. Syracuse, 54. Because also the thing with this game is I look back, if Syracuse couldn't score 60 points against Tennessee and Gonzaga, I, who Tennessee who, is who a who Sir- rated
0: better defense, by the way. Are they? They were at the time. Virginia
1: right now is six in Kempom defense. Tennessee is, is three. Oh. So they're both right up there.
0: But Tennessee is better. That's T- correct, Tennessee right? is better.
1: Okay. And where where's Gonzaga? Gonzaga is ten. So so Syracuse is sixteen. No. Seventeen.
0: So, so Syracuse has played top defenses before and not been able to score 60 points. Do you think Chris Bell's going 2-for-18 tomorrow again, though? Does that happen again? I thought you loved Chris He didn't Bell. go 2-for-18 against... Against Gonzaga, against he did. Against Tennessee, though. Okay. And that was a closer game than Well, Gonzaga. we'll see.
1: Uh, Virginia's a, a great three-point defense. If Chris Bell doesn't step up, I'm looking at Justin Taylor. Okay. He's a Charlottesville guy.
0: Oh, I thought Chris Bell was the number two guy on this team. You got me confused now. Well, sometimes other people have to step up. Oh, I wonder who made that argument. That's fascinating. Uh, Well, here's the thing. Uh, A
1: number two guy on the team can have an off night every now and then. Okay. Maybe Uh, this is one of his off nights. Okay. And Justin Taylor, the hometown kid, the Charlottesville guy, steps up. Okay. But we'll see. I think it's a fascinating game. Early tip-off. Noon. Noon.
0: Yeah, that's very early.
1: That is as early as it gets. Okay. It is. It is yeah. literally as early as it gets for college basketball.
0: Uh, incorrect. But okay. What's earlier? There were some uh, like eleven thirty MAC games no, that no one's watching. We saw like some nine thirty games actually. Okay, during uh feast week. That doesn't count because they're playing in where did they? Where were those games played? Uh, like Canada. No, it was like. It was games in Florida that were on the East. So it was like 9.30 a.m. for them, which is kind of wild. Okay, but, but those don't count.
1: We're talking non, non-midseason non tournaments. Okay. This then, yeah, our, it's pretty early, I guess. Not, it's not a really game for me. I'm, I'm not a morning guy.
0: Okay, I'm sorry
1: about that. <laughs> but but anyways, uh huh. it's a big one. It's it's an exciting one. We'll have the coverage for the game on our Twitter, X, at Orange Fizz. It's been X for so long, I'm, I still can't call it that. Whatever. Okay. At Orange Fizz, uh, we'll have post-game space after our report card after as well and we've got all the coverage about Syracuse on our website at orangefizz.net all Fran Brown things Syracuse bowl games so make sure to check us out there but for Tyler Aiken, I'm Adam Gatkin thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of Fizz 5 and as always go Orange
0: and that's your Fizz 5 listen next week subscribe rate and review This has been an Orange Fizz production.